Well, hello, everybody. Man, it's awesome to be with you as we worship the Lord together. He is amazing. All the time, God is, and He is just doing some great stuff. I could hardly contain myself during worship over there and wanted to get up here and just start preaching to you right away, and I had to let the let the God do His thing here, you know, like He always does, and the worship team we're blessed with is uh, very amazing, and they did a great job leading us in that worship and celebrating Jesus, yeah. So I want to say thank you to y'all as you have been so faithful in your giving and your blessing God with your material possessions, not just your time and your talents. You have been. And we've received uh, many donations to help us with our, our sound, our upgrades of things, and our online presence is being worked on. So right now, today, I want you to know there are some things that are in place that you have supported and made happen by your generosity towards God's work in His kingdom. And there is a new soundboard. There's some stuff going on with our worship team. Things that you can't physically maybe see, but it's there. And the next move is that soundboard that we had there is going in that back room over there where we're going to lock somebody up and they're going to do the online sound. And... uh to mix that specific for that because we're aware that the on- online uh, sound pastor josh i'm going to give you your announcement in a second um so just just so you know you're good there's a rave thing happening a rave resurrection rave this wednesday at 6 30 so there's a sign right there to let you know so i don't want to keep you because i know your youth are going downstairs but that's happening so adults if you need to pay attention to that and kids as well what's happening on wednesday night so let's go back to where i'm going the online sound is not like it is in the house those of you that have been joining us online and are today you know this it doesn't have the greatest uh, mix because you're listening through a device that's not really made to give you all that that happens in the house and so there's going to be a separate mix to try and correct some of that to help you out. It's fine when you're talking, but when you try and bring all the musical stuff to the forefront on an online presence, it's a little difficult. So that's being worked on now, and so we want to say thank you. There's also uh, cameras being upgraded. We moved into this building six years ago, and all the stuff that God blessed us with through that transition of selling our property on Broadway and buying this campus... Uh, we upgraded and moved in all of our technology and sound. But uh, you all know that, you know, there's been probably, what, five iPhones that came out since then? You know, <laughs> besides the Androids and all that stuff. So technology is advancing constantly. And as it does, your old technology kind of fails and falls by the wayside. So it's a terribly expensive proposition to do. And so that's what we've been working on and the cameras and all those things now. Uh, I just want to say thank you so very, very much. We do have other needs. You've gotten that springboard. Uh, we need people to volunteer. Next Sunday's Easter. You do know that, right? Sound like half of you do. I just want to let you all know next Sunday's Easter, and it's a resurrection celebration. So, yeah, as we travel through this week... We will have a good Friday service here at 6.30 p.m. That will be broadcast online as well. So be ready if you're not coming to join us in person to have communion with us. We will have a communion service good Friday, the day that Jesus gave his life for you and I. Then we'll be back here to to celebrate the resurrection Sunday. 9.15 service and then 11 o'clock service. So we're going to have two online uh, and in-person services next week. And that will continue. Some people were asking me, is that just for Easter? No, from now on we're going to have the 9.15 and 11. So you can just pick whatever one of those fits your work schedule, your life schedule, um, and and we're going to move forward from there. We are not starting the 8 o'clock service at this time. Uh, We need to start the 11 o'clock service. Obviously, as you look around, we're uh, full right here, and we want to continue to be able to grow and, and let God do His thing. 
So thanks. To make that happen, we do need your help, you know. Uh, we need volunteers, of course. So we're having to rebuild all of our work teams together. So the cafe wasn't open today because we had a couple call-offs and we were done. We didn't have any baristas. So if you're a barista that's trained, you need to learn our ways, but we'd love to have you join us in the, uh, I want you to join us. All right. I didn't get my regular coffee today. It's all good though. I had another one brought in. There's always this lifeline that gets thrown out. So we had it, but we want your help. So if you'd like to work in the cafe, it's a commitment. Just want you to know. Just like anything else is, it's a commitment of time. Your talents will be developed, and you can give your resources too. So uh, we need you in the nursery, kids XP, hospitality, security, van drivers. There's a place for you to serve. Amen. All kinds of areas that God has for us, so you can do that, okay? All right. Thank you so much for your blessing to us. We want to continue to do what God has for us and move forward in what he's trying to get accomplished in our lives because today is an amazing day in history, past, present, and future. This is a significant date in the history of the world, even though the world doesn't really know what's going on. They're lost, they're confused, there's brokenness out there. Church, as we get ready to look at what God has to say to us today, please be aware that the spiritual warfare Throughout our lifetimes here in the United States that has been mostly behind the scenes is moving to the forefront in the public arena. There is going to be uh, spiritual happenings in our nation like most of us have never seen in our lifetimes. And I'm not talking about good stuff. Okay, in our culture, we are one of the few, the educated people of the world. Now, don't misunderstand what I just said who ignore the spirit world and have bought into the intellectual world as the real world. Those that we call undeveloped countries, third world countries, have always been aware of the spirit world. Good and bad. Okay. What's happened in our nation as we've turned our backs on God and told him to leave is we've opened the door for the spirit of darkness to come in like a flood. And he is. And as he's been given grace by our nation, he will take advantage of it. Some of you that have youth and children, um, there's a, uh, I'm not going to say anybody's name and I don't want you to, but there's a, a rapper that came out a couple days ago with the video that he's having sex with the devil. Look, I'm just telling you something here, folks. You need to listen. Nike has gone into an agreement with him to produce a shoe in his name with as a human drop of blood in the shoe. It's, look, I'm just telling you, like, this is just the beginnings of what's coming into your face, your children's face, and our grandchildren's face. The spirit world is real, and we can ignore it, and so the enemy, he lets us feel like and think that this is what is happening, not all that. But he's been given a license by us as a nation, not the church, but as a nation to come in because we've told God to get out. This is not a political speech. We are talking about spiritual things and what God is doing. Now, as we understand the fact that there is a real enemy that is on the move, we have a real God that is on the move. And our God is greater. 
I do not fear the enemy nor the spirit of darkness. I don't. I have faced him. I know him. I know my God. <laughs> Man, this conflict has been going on since the beginning of time. When, when Adam and Eve were given the reign on earth, God gave them that authority. They surrendered it to the enemy. They gave him authority here. Jesus came to take that authority back and give it to me and you. He did. And too many of us as Christians are not owning the authority Christ has given us. And we're still believing the deceiver's words of what we don't own in Christ and who Christ is in our lives. So as we look at this moment in history, going back into the Gospels, Jesus goes to Lazarus' grave and calls Lazarus out, showing just before his own planned death and resurrection that he has the power over death. He has the authority. All right, Jesus presence and manifested that right there before all of the people around them that were at that funeral service and in the morning wake afterwards and they went out to that grave and Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And he walked out of that grave, right? All right, so something amazing took place on that day in John 11. There was a bunch of people coming to town because of the Passover. And so all the people that were gathering around went to Martha and Mary. They saw Lazarus. They were spreading the news. Do you know that the Passover was one of three festivals that God called all of his people to come to Jerusalem for? You know how God is? He's amazing. He's like, he's been telling them to show up in Jerusalem for thousands of years because he had a plan. (laughs) You guys got to go here to worship me. Go there to worship me. God was setting them up for his plan. So cool. I just want everybody here in this room, you've been set up by God for this moment. Everybody online, you've been set up by God for this moment. He's so awesome. People were like, he is the Messiah. He called that dude out of the grave. He's right there. I see him. He's walking around. He's alive. This guy has to be the Messiah. And the word was spreading through the people because they'd been hearing about this guy for the last three years. The miracles he was performing, all that he was fulfilling. They knew that the priests and the church didn't like him. He was stirring something up in the culture of the people. And it was spreading. They're talking to one another and they're saying, he's the one. John 11. I'll read this to you. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before the Passover began. Isn't that cool how God sets things up? They need a little time to catch up to what's happening. They kept looking for Jesus. But as many people came from all, they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, what do you think? He won't come for the Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered, I'm sorry, but my my thing's not working here, so you guys can help me out and give me that next screen. I don't know what happened to my notes right there, but 
Anyone that was seeing Jesus must report it immediately so that they could arrest him. So here's the thing. Everybody's gathering together. People are talking about the fact that he is the Messiah. The leaders, which the spiritual leaders were also political leaders of the nation, said, hey, if he comes into town, you need to let us know we're going to arrest him. We're done with him. Okay. So here's the city overflowing with people as a result of the feast. Jews were coming from all over. Everyone knew Jesus was being sought to be arrested. God, amazing. He's so good, man. I tell you what, it's so crazy. I want to read you some scriptures that took place more than 500 years before this moment. Prophet Zechariah speaking to the people of God. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble. Riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. This prophetic word had been given by God to tell His people how their king, the Messiah, would enter the capital city of God's people. God had said this. His prophet had prophesied this. The people heard this. See, horses were primary weapons of war of the day. They were called war horses. They were like the tank, the jets, the things that we have. They pulled chariots. They led people. The people that had the horses were the power of the day. Kings that were victorious rode horses into cities. Proud and regal. But you know what the, the donkey is? It was a symbol of peace. And when the king rode a donkey into the city, or a mule, either one of them, it was a statement of peace. So here we go. Jesus comes to Jerusalem riding on this little donkey. The people, as you know, are going out. They're declaring him to be the king. Here's the problem. Man, I pray God sink this into us. The people were still looking at a political reign instead of God's reign. They were looking for a king that would come and overthrow the Roman oppressors. They were looking for someone that reestablished them as the nation of the world. Is that not amazing that this was going on back then and what's happening in our nation today? They were seeing that God had promised who they would be and they interpreted God's promises to whom they wanted to be and therefore they were trying to make Jesus the king they wanted rather than the king that God had ordained from the beginning of time. And so they were looking for a war leader and God was bringing in a peace leader. Peace leader. 
When this triumphant entry takes place, we want to read this in John 12. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Amen. Jesus found a young donkey, rode in it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. So here John, writing this gospel, says, This is what happened. This was prophesied way a long time ago by Zechariah, Zephaniah. Now he says this in verse 16. Check it out. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. It's crazy how in a moment we cannot connect dots, but God never is confused. His word is truth. God is not like trying to figure things out on the fly. He is God. And just as we see this taking place, God said, this will happen. It happened. Even those that were closest to Jesus were confused in the moment. Now, part of their confusion, we already know through the Gospels. First and foremost, they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. That's huge. But we also see a conflict within themselves as we follow the ministry of Jesus with them. They continuously were looking for their earthly king the way the church had taught them. They were always looking at that moment and saying, remember the arguments between them? Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? They were looking for that power position, that place where they could be and be seen and be public and be known and to serve and say, I was with them from the beginning. I knew this was happening. No, folks, they had no clue. Even while it was happening, I hate to tell you this, but even though some of us in the church have the Holy Spirit, not some of us, the Holy Spirit has been given to the church, we're still confused and we're still trying to live in the moment. Church, we need to be careful how we interpret current affairs. I, I, I am struck in my heart, heavy, with how so many voices in the church are trying to force biblical prophecy into current moments. I'm talking about forcing prophecy into current moments the way we perceive it and see it. I am not telling you there are no prophets that speak God's word. Don't misunderstand me. But there are so many confusing voices out there that are trying to make everything a prophecy, everything a fulfillment, everything about this moment. And I'm telling you that there's going to be a lot of people in the church that are looking for the wrong things at the wrong moment and missing what God's actually doing. It's happening, church. God is always working His divine plan. We can be easily misled into the here and now of our own desires. I want peace and security. I want easy street. Who wants to have a hard time? Nobody. 
So of course we're looking for that. We're asking God for that. Just like Eric was just talking about with his little boy. Look, every one of us here, we, we expect our kids to bury us. Not bury our kids. No, we have a plan. And we believe that God ought to follow our plan. But life doesn't do that. Sin has brought havoc into the world. But God is at work. And God sees eternity where we see the moment. Please notice this prophecy that was spoken. And then the words that are shared with us. Listen to it. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble. Riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So crazy. Y'all know that we perceive donkeys to be stubborn and difficult. That's why we use the old English term ass to talk about people we don't like. (laughs) We're telling them they're ignorant, they're dumb. You know, all those things, right? Seriously, that wasn't a cuss word. You can use it as one. But it is the name of the animal. All right? All right. So as a joke, I'll tell you this. A male donkey is called a Jack and a female is a Jenny. So that's what my wife and I call each other sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, she's downstairs teaching the kids. So if she hears, if she says that to me one day, you know what she's doing and call her out on it, okay? All right. Anyway, so let's get serious. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) Victorious and humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Righteous, victorious, and humble. He continued to tell his people his plan, but they were still stuck on their own ideas, even while it was unfolding before their very eyes. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, the crowds are making loud proclamations, and the proclamations have incredible significance historically, as well as biblically, prophetically, and what God was up to. So awesome. John 12, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches, went out to the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. The words that he used here are Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26. The crowds were proclaiming something that was part of their history. Psalm 125, 118, I'm sorry, that, that psalm was a song the pilgrims would sing on their journey to Jerusalem for the festivals. Part of that psalm part of that proclamation began to be used by the people who would be seeking help from the king. Check it out. God's amazing. That word right there, praise God, as we have interpreted in New Living Translation, the words I read to you, the actual word in the Hebrew is Hosanna. All right? This is one moment I'm not a fan of the New Living Translation right there. Because the reason why we want to know that name is there is no translation. When the Greek New Testament was written, they used the Hebrew word Hosanna because there's no word in Greek that says that. So they just said Hosanna. All right? 
So I'm not, I'm not a Spanish speaker, but I know this. There are some names that don't translate into Spanish, so they just say the English name. Right? Okay, so now as we look at this, check it out. This is what we did in our English translations as we look back on the Hebrew and the Greek. We don't have a word for that. So they just wrote Hosanna, the same word. The meaning of that word came about through their ascension into Jerusalem, and it meant help, save. So they began to say this to their kings when they would go to them to plead their cause. Hosanna. So as they acknowledged their earthly kings, these people would be coming in to ask for his help in their life situation. Here comes Jesus riding into Jerusalem and the people are yelling, Hosanna. Help. Save now. Blessing on the ones who comes in the, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. They made this proclamation saying, He is the King. Yes, he is. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So here they are, clueless, waving palm branches, laying down their coats, crying Hosanna, fulfilling the very words God said they would as the King, the Messiah, would walk in. Psalm 118, Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. We also know from historical records in that Middle Testamental period from the book of Malachi to Matthew that the people of the nation of Israel began to wave palm branches. I love it, man. God's so awesome, isn't he? And they would place it in the path of their victorious king. They would wave them as he came entering into the city. So these people knew exactly what they were doing. They were going out. They were proclaiming him to be the king of Israel. They said those words, Hosanna, save us now. God, you're doing something. Waving these branches, laying them down in the path in front of him. Some were taking off their cloak. Not everybody was wealthy enough to have a cloak, but those who had them threw them in the path. Check it out. Looking into scripture, we look in history. Prophet Elisha sends a young prophet. God gives him a message, go. And he tells this young prophet to go and anoint Jehu, the next king. The young prophet goes to anoint him, to give him the message. The young prophet goes to to Jehu and says, hey, I got a message for you. Let's go in the house together. He leaves the other officers that were sitting with him in that little military gathering of the upper echelon of the, the people, of the warriors, comes in the house The young prophet says, God has anointed you the next king. Pours oil on his head. And the prophet said, after you anoint him, run. He comes running out of the house past those other officers. Jehu comes out. He's got oil dripping from his head. The officers are like, hey, that guy's a nut. What is he saying to you? Here it is, 2 Kings chapter 9. Jehu went back to his fellow officers and one of them asked him, what did that madman want? Is everything all right? You know how a man like that babbles on? Jehu replied. You're hiding something, they said. Tell us. So Jehu told them. He said to me, This is what the Lord says. 
I have anointed you to be the king over Israel. Then they quickly spread out their cloaks on the bare steps and blew the ram's horn shouting, Jehu is king! Now we read this, and it's like, okay, what's that all about? This is what they were saying to him. We accept who you are. Not only are we accepting who you are, but when they took that off and placed it under him, they were saying, we are now in subjection to you, and we see you as who you are, and we are all yours. Amen. They did that for Jehu. Now let's read in Matthew's gospel as he talks about this triumphant entry of christ the two disciples did as jesus commanded they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road see church they were saying we're all in you're it i'm all yours I'm available. All my resources, who I am, I give to you. See, they were doing that because all they wanted was for him to do something for them. See, this amazing God of ours, he's saying, hey, I want to invite you into this relationship. I want you to know who I am, but I want you to know it not because of what you're looking for, but because of who I am. See, everything we see happening is proclaiming Jesus as king and the crowd proclaims him as the Messiah. See, but the problem was and is that as soon as Jesus didn't do what they wanted, they turned on him. They expected something of him that he didn't produce. They wanted something from him that he didn't do. He didn't answer the way they wanted When they did all that stuff, they expected him to march in and that there would be a revolt and all those Romans would be pushed away and they would become the world power. And instead, Jesus did something completely different. Do you know where he went? To the house of God. And you know what he did there? He purified the house of God. He threw the tables of the money changers over. And he told them to get out of God's house. It was supposed to be a house of prayer. And they had turned it into a place for thieves and robbers where they would have people coming in to offer sacrifices to God and charge them exorbitant amounts because they could benefit from people knowing they needed God in their life. Give me some money and now I'll give you a sacrifice. Now go get right with God. You see where the corruption was? It was in the house of God. It had nothing to do with the political reign. Help us, Jesus. It's the house of God that needs to recognize who Jesus is and where He is and what He desires. He desires our hearts to be all in. Not because of what we get out of it. We're still looking for an exchange. (laughs) See, we have our own ideas about God. We have our own ideas about Jesus. We have our own ideas about the Holy Spirit. And then we we push that on other people. And people become come to God expecting Him to be the Jesus we proclaim Him to be. And see, we need to start 
pushing out there the true message of who he is. He's the redeemer, the forgiver, the sustainer of life, the hope of the world. He is the everlasting king of kings and lord of lords. He reigns supreme over this entire planet. He is not inhibited by anything the enemy does. He is not scared of any political power. He is not fearful of any bombs or jets or military equipment. He's not afraid of what is in space. He spoke it into existence. I want you to know, church, that we serve that God. He is God. <laughs> so what he's saying to us is, am I your king? Am I your king? You've been singing to me. You've been praising me. Church, we've been worshiping him. We've been talking about things that he does for us, which we should in our songs of worship. Breaking chains, setting us free. God, we're believing you to do amazing stuff because you're God, right? We're called to surrender. Think about the verse that we often quote in Romans 12. Just let this sink in here in verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You see, like, they threw their coats there, and they were saying, I'm all in. Time, talent, resources. Whatever you need from me, I'm yours. Everything I own is yours. That's exactly what they were saying, you know. I'll go to war for you. I'll stand for you. I'll give my life for you. This is your reasonable act of worship right here. He's telling us that we are to present ourselves in that way, like our whole living body on the altar. I'm all in. It's no longer about what I want. It's what you want. I'm not trying to give you, God, direction on how to run my life. Even though through Monday through Saturday in prayer, I am. <laughs> I'm telling you what to do for my kids and my family and our nation and the city schools and the government. And God, we're telling you how to work in those areas. Now, you're supposed to pray and talk to God. Don't misunderstand me. But you see, folks, as we give God the things that we want him to do, which we're asked to do and he tells us to, we also surrender those things to whatever God wants not my will but yours be done god whatever you want to do i'm fine with it sickness and in health <laughs> all the way through i'm all in, all in. hey uh, gene can you go get our youth and our, our kids for the baptism see this is the call that god is asking from us today we come in here every sunday and it's a good thing we go online, whatever we're doing, and we proclaim him to be Jesus, the Messiah, the King. And we celebrate and we worship and we get loud and I love it and we ought to. Sometimes I think we should be louder than we are in harmony and allowing the worship team to lead. Okay? <laughs> but I'm saying we need to embrace God like never before. But in that, we need to go out there lives just as boldly. Like, I'm all in. I'm yours. God, whatever you want. This is not, I, I want you to please hear this correctly, and, and um, I trust you will. I, I trust the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday in the message, I had a couple of different people that said something to me about, well, that was a bold message, and I didn't understand what they were saying to me. 
And I had someone, uh, somebody text me later saying, hey, that was really bold and strong. I was thinking when you said it, there might be a fallout. And I was still a little bit confused about what was going on. And it was because I talked about the sins of our culture, brought up the, the sacrifices of children and abortion, uh, the LBGTQ community and how the church has embraced perversion and things that God directly speaks against in his word and says, no one's going to go to heaven when you live this way. Just telling you what God says. This is not Dave speaking a political thing. This is God's word. And, and then, you know, but we don't stop there. We understand that fornication, which is sex before marriage, is a sin that God is not okay with. Adultery, obviously. In the Ten Commandments, he says, kill him. Right? Come on, folks. So we didn't like single out anything. We're talking about what God says to us about our lives. And that he has a standard. God is not grading on the curve. He's not. He's not like, well, they're kind of D people, so I'll give them a D as a passing grade. It's Jesus, man. It's his life. So as we think about those things like i'm not i i told you last week everybody's welcome here whatever you were doing last night god's called you here to help you get out of it if it wasn't right all of it he wants to give us life and he's saying will you let me be your king will you let me lead you set aside your own agendas don't listen to the culture don't listen to politics don't li listen to god let him be your king and you will be okay. All this stuff's ending, man. All of this is ending. One thing will stand. That is our God. <laughs> Isn't he awesome? So, are you all in? If you're not all in, please get all in. Hey, kids, you can come on up. You can bring the kids, XP kids in. Come on. You can bring all those kids, if you were, like on this side. They can sit on the floor right there. Obviously, we're doing baptisms, and I really can't. Uh, uh, I can't. I shouldn't say that. Let's do this. While they're coming forward, we're not going to let the message fall away and just kind of like move on. If God is speaking to you, and there's a moment of surrender that you need, or God's saying, will you put your cloak under me? Am I all yours? Would you stand? Slide right over there, buddy. We're all yours, Lord. God, we're all yours. God, we don't even know what all that means, but we trust you. We trust you. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but you do. You are the author of our tomorrow. God, we trust you fully today. And God, as we say the word Hosanna to you, we're saying help and save now, Lord. God, please help and save now. If there are people here that don't know you, God, they have heard your truth and you are calling. Holy Spirit, we trust you as you bring that conviction in the heart to say this is the way. Those online, those that are in the house, he's calling you. That uncomfortableness inside of you, that ringing in your head, that stuff that's fighting inside of you, God is saying, I am it and you need me. Just surrender. God, we thank you. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Glory to you, Jesus. 
And the next time you come, you will be riding a horse. For you will be coming as the conquering king. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I can't wait. <laughs> not going to be a donkey next time, guys. It's not. He says to us in Revelation, he will be coming on a horse. Yeah. He, the victorious king, will ride. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, amen. He's so awesome.